like I'm on that heron. Bitches think they better, I don't know what they're on. Turn your speakers up to the max when we're on. Everybody gonna roll with me from here on. This is The Rise with Brooklyn Jones. We're talking to Terry Dexter today, who is an amazing singer and songwriter from Detroit. It's so cold in the D. <laughs> child <laughs> yes i'm excited though man because you are a freaking powerhouse like i love your voice and it's crazy because the way we know each other is not that way like we i've never really talked to talk to you about your amazing career your your music and your acting because we're just like homegirls like we met through a mutual yeah. friend shout yeah. out to george steves we were yeah. at his one man play and we clicked instantly like we like instantly became friends yeah. and we we're just like always two homegirls kicking it we never really talked about like your your music career so I'm excited to like ask you these questions and stuff because I don't I don't even know a whole lot like I know you've had some hits um you had like a hit called better than me right and yeah. I try and then um I know one of my favorite songs that you sing is spend my life with you with Eric Benet oh, so that oh my god I love your voice so much but I'm just excited to learn more about you in that space because I know Terry the homegirl so <laughs> I'm excited to meet Terry me. the singer <laughs> <laughs> so um tell me like when did you get started um singing how did you become a singer so um actually uh I started singing in church Mm -hmm. And as a kid, I can tell my uncle. So I was at, I mean, the day actually, uh, I used to sing around the house and write music. And I think my family just got numb to it. Like they, I did it so much because when mm -hmm. you're that young, you're just honing it and working on it. And I remember one day, I'm gonna give you this, it's really fun little memory with me and my dad and mom. I was a little girl, I was like seven, six, seven, somewhere around there. And that was the day I was like, dad. And I, he was in his chair watching the football game. And I was like, dad, I'm going to sing something for you. I'll never forget it. I can still see it. My dad was like, he's amazing. My dad's like, okay. He turned off the TV. I jumped on his lap and he said, okay, go ahead. And I sang, um, I sang like a Whitney song or I can't remember what I sang. Or maybe I made, I just remember singing. I can't even remember what it was. I sang like a maybe 20, 30 seconds. And then my dad was like, he called my mother in. He said, sing for your mother. It was like the first time he really paid attention, attention. Right. right that moment, he called my uncle, who's a pastor, and he said, um, uh, Terry, she, I'm, I'm bringing her to the church right now because they were in choir rehearsal. I remember he said, get your coat. It was in wintertime. Put my coat on. We went down to the church. i never forget walking in. And he uh, he went to my uncle, told talked to him. The choir was rehearsing. i never forget it. And he made me sing right there in front of my uncle and the choir director. And I remember that next coming Sunday, I sang my first time at church. Yeah. And it was a, it was a vacation Bible school to stand up. It was with the kids. And yeah. I, we had a little routine. And it was my very first time singing uh, ever in church. And that was the beginning of uh, uh, singing in church all through my childhood, teen years. I sang at uh, New Hope Baptist, sang at Harper Baptist, and really honed my skills that way. Uh, professionally, I was in a band at nine years old with uh, called TriStar. Uh, Chris Henderson, Deep Henderson, who's now currently uh, a great producer in the music world. Uh, Rob, um, he's also a producer uh, in the gospel world, and Mike. So we would sing, uh, do shows around Detroit and uh, in the region, and got that's how I kind of started from there. I got seen uh, by a manager, 
kind of went from there and uh, started working in studios, doing background as a kid, making money, holding wow. skills, doing shows like on the weekend uh, after school. It was, and, and then uh, my first deal, record deal, professional record deal, um, was when I was 13, 14. Um, and so that's kind of the start of the professional big wow. larger scale platform professional career yeah I mean I commend you from the beginning when your dad was like I'm taking you to the church yeah. sing for these people and you sang because a lot of kids yeah. are talented in the house and they'll perform for their parents or whatever but when yeah. you're like sing for your uncle they clam up they're like no yeah. I'm shy you know what I mean so you weren't yeah. shy you just went up there and did it and did it you know it's really interesting too because my it's the only thing my father knew to do was my daughter can sing okay church you know what i mean that's mm -hmm. detroit i'm sure it's yeah. other places too yeah but detroit is so rich in in the back so many great baptist churches in detroit great church community and a lot of great musicians and singers that's how we start out really right. is singing, singing for the lord and singing yeah. pure love and that's how we learn our sound and our style you know yeah, I used to sing in church, but um, our uh, choir was no good. <laughs> our choir was horrible. We were the church that would come and sing at your church and the audience would be like, take your time, baby. <laughs> That's how you know you sound terrible when they be like, take your time. That was well, us. Know, you know what it is about church too? And it, it's it's such a, a, a great blessing to start there because no matter how you sound, they're not mm -hmm. judgmental. It's mm -hmm. always open with love. Now, if you're on a professional stage, right? right. And, and singing um, in front of you know all kinds of different people, um, the, it's different energy because it's a little bit more expected. Like okay, I feel like when you're a kid or a young person, people are a little bit more forgiving, open. Mm -hmm. But in church, no matter how you sound, it is coming from love and right. that you it, embrace it. Now, if you really can sing, yeah, man, it really gives you that lift yes. and that support. And then number one, it just really showed you how to sing with your emotions mm -hmm. and your spirit, yeah. which is something, no matter what type of genre you sing, that's always the core of the best, you know, uh, most authentic, I would say, true music anyway, right? Yeah, I feel like you can always tell when a singer uh, originated in church, like they yeah. just have the soul that <laughs> some singers don't have. You can always tell, like before you even told me, I started out in church, I'm like, I already knew that, I could tell. <laughs> you got that deep soul singing it's like dark chocolate you know what i'm saying thank you mama and you know what it's also it's also detroit uh churches of course uh all across you know no matter what region you're from uh there is that uh that core gospel sound but mm -hmm. there's a specific also sound though gospel i i definitely believe that uh coming from detroit too that would uh be different in, di uh, in other regions and other cities right um it's a sound that detroit singers and musicians have even the musicians too Wow. So yeah. when you were singing um, backup professionally, you were doing all that in Detroit or did they start flying you out to other places? Well, yeah. So actually I was, I worked with a woman named Cynthia Gertie. She was like my mentor, like a mother figure, a music mother, and, but also just a great mentor for me. Um, so what, so I started doing sessions when I was, uh, gosh, I was uh, like 10, 11. I remember being a little girl with adults. My mom was always there, you know, in mm -hmm. the other room. She was so awesome, just patiently waiting for hours as I do background sessions. <clears throat> but um, I would sing with adult women wow. and just learn. And it wasn't like, it was amazing because uh, the way that I learned, because Cynthia comes from the, you know, old school in the good way, in the best way, <clears throat> like the real 
singing singers like you don't get to fix your vocals you got to sing with people you don't get to like do it over and over i mean we would do the whole like vamp in one take yeah in one take that's like unheard of nowadays we'd have like mic set up um you know i remember this that's how i learned we're learning how to blend with other singers not just by myself. Now I've done, I've done that too. I would do all the background by myself, you know, all the different notes, but singing with other singers doing background is no joke. Like, yeah, because your voices have to complement each other, right? You got to listen, you learn how to blend, you learn how to kind of work and make the, make it a whole piece instead of uh, now, you know, I do, you know, all kinds of different backgrounds now, of course, but I also learned this too, but you know, you can do you can do, you know, sing a note, do it again, do one part, you know, it's very, you can piece it all together these days, but back in the day, especially, you know, where music started, let's say, um, even before my time, it was, you know, you, you sang the whole thing down and that's why, you know, you don't get that's to amazing. start over, you know, and oh, let's mm-hmm. do this little part right here. Let's, let's fix these two words. It was like, you sang the whole chorus. So if you and, mess up one part, you got to sing the whole thing over. The whole thing over. I mean, that was like really what music started from. And yeah. since, you know, even though music, uh, when I started learning, they were, of course, people were singing background with pieces and all that, but she wanted to teach me how to do it the real, I would call it the real way. Mm-hmm. It is the real way because you're singing with other singers. You all, it's like you're singing live, Yeah. but you really have to learn how to listen and blend. And that's, in my opinion, that's where you really capture uh, the heart of a record. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and instead of background being uh, looked at as like less than, or, you know what I'm saying? Not yeah. as important as the rest. Right. Um, having like, let's say three or four women or men or a mix together doing the background is, is really making it one equal sounding record. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's good that you learn that way, because when you're on stage, if you mess up, you can't start over. You got to keep going, you know, so it's better to know how to sing the song all the way through and to know how to handle it if you if you mess up. Right. Absolutely. So it was it's like boot camp, you know. Yeah. I remember like and and, and it only coming into coming to the business so young. Everything was just so easy after that because of how I learned. Mm -hmm. Because I'm stepping into the pop world and how they were making and it, it was rare that I was challenged even at a young age because of my training. Mm-hmm. I just felt yeah. like this is so easy compared to what I was doing with, with, with Cynthia and all of her folks and stuff. Yeah. I was like, this is nothing. Meaning that I'm glad I learned that way, the hard way, the challenging way I would say. And then when all through my career, uh, it's just made everything pretty, I would say, you know, kind of easy. <laughs> That's really good. Now, um, do you play any instruments? I do. You do? What do you play? I mean, I, I'm a little sad. Well, I don't want to say sad, but I uh, I feel I do have to bring it back into my life. But the violin. What? Wow, that's impressive. Thank you. So I uh, I started that. I, I studied Suzuki Method. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, studied at Interlochen a few summers. Um, I love it. It was uh, considered like a second singing voice, but I felt when I started really recording and, and uh, making records. And I didn't, at the time, unfortunately, I didn't see how I could combine the two. Right. And I let it go. Well, you know what I actually did? I gave my prized love violin to my friend's daughter. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to learn how to play as a child. And, um, I, you know, because that's how I, that's what happened with me. I was given a violin 
from someone who played, somebody gave it to my mother to give to me. Wow. So I gave my violin to my friend's daughter. Yeah, That's so yeah. nice. I get it though. Cause like back then it was, it was a little different. It was more about like being on stage with a shiny outfit and dancing <laughs> and stuff. They weren't really doing violin. I feel like now, nowadays, something like that will be more embraced. Yeah. Like if you get on stage and you sing and then you break out the violin, people will be like, okay, you know, I stuff like that I, is more appreciated. I, yeah. I, you know, it, there's, there's the electric violin. It's kind of like a guitar sounding kind of violin. Um, I kind of start looking at that, but for me, this is, and there's no excuse now. I feel like I could, pull it up at any point and why not you know I think mm -hmm. you're right it's, it's good to blend but I always felt like because you're you're holding it like this and you're playing it would kind of be like because your neck is here oh yeah so when you have a guitar or piano nothing's actually around here but that's right. no excuse no excuse I can hear all the violence <laughs> of playing singing people like whatever you just make it <laughs> <laughs> if you really want to do it you do it yeah ain't no you're like, you got no excuse just pull it down to sing and pull it back up I mean come on. <laughs> I, I started taking uh, guitar lessons you years ago I never got really good at it but I, I you know I learned a couple of songs and I learned like the scales and you know certain chords or whatever and I was like oh I'm kind of getting it and then I went kind of broke and I couldn't I couldn't afford my guitar lessons anymore and I just like stopped practicing which is my mistake because I'm the type, type of person that needs someone to hold me accountable like my teacher gave me homework and I went and did it but then yeah. when I didn't have anyone to hold me accountable I was just like I ain't, I ain't got time to do that right now and I like lost the skill and it's so funny because I thought that I still had it because I, I knew like three songs I was doing something huh. and uh, my cousin you know Ruba he had a guitar in his room and he was just like plucking on it he didn't really know how to play either and I was like give me that guitar let me show you how to play and I took that damn guitar and I held it and I went ah. and I couldn't remember <laughs> You gotta pull it back up, Reckler. You gotta break. You gotta pull it back up. I could not remember one song, one chord, one nothing. Rupert was like, "If you don't get out of my room and give me back my guitar," it was so hilarious. I I really thought I was about to play him a song. How about this? You pull up the guitar again and reintroduce yourself to it, and I'll pull up the violin again. Oh, we're gonna hold each other accountable. Yes, we are. Oh, shoot. oh my god. You know what? I think I'll do it. Yeah, I think I'll do it. My mom, um, she's been taking guitar lessons and she knows how to play a couple of songs. So okay. we already got guitars in the house. Okay. She has an acoustic guitar and an electric guitar. And she mostly plays the acoustic one. And I was, I was learning on the electric one. So I'm gonna snatch up her electric guitar. I still got my, my lesson books and everything, but I'm like, oh, no, you got everything. I See, I gotta go get a violin, but I will, but you got girl. I have not the first, I don't remember anything I learned. I guess if I really study it, I'll figure it out. You never forget. You don't think so? Once okay. you once you start, like once it's in your hands and in your body and you just let it go, you, you'll you get it. It'll come right back. Trust let's, me. Let's make a deal, okay? okay? Let's both pick up the instruments and give each other a year. And then we'll come back on this podcast and play each other a song. You play me a song on violin and I'll play you a song on the guitar. You got it. That's it. Okay. That's Look, accountability. Now everybody's going to be like, where's that song? Now we oh, have right to do now. it. They're like, what's the date? Okay, next yeah. year. No, we're going to do this. It'll be before that, but we're going to yeah. give it, like, we'll give it a year, but it's going to be before that. I love it. I'm excited. I'm scared, but I'm excited. <laughs> child, it's that's that's one of my problems and one of my New Year's resolutions mm -hmm. is like sticking to stuff because I'd be like, I'm gonna do it, and then I do it a couple of times and be on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? My attention span is yeah. so I gotta stick to it. It's hard. I feel like you know what? You're right. It's it's 
especially nowadays, so much distraction. Yeah, there's so like, much going on. My, I was just talking to my sister. She was like, yeah, I'm trying to <clears throat> get ready for like, uh, she's getting her master's. And she's like, every time I get online to finish the, the, the paperwork, I, I'm i like looking at Instagram, looking at yes. um, different social medias. I'm reading stuff on YouTube. You know, she's just- Yes, she's I like do a, that so much. Everything. Yeah. yeah, I'll go online to do something specific and get caught up in social media and then- don't even do what I went on there to do. Right. I mean, I deleted the, um, huh? we, we love all that, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. such a blessing for all of our lives to be able to like, we're connecting and, and be able to have platforms and, mm-hmm. and, and keep it connected to so many of us. But yeah, but when it's like, we got to do something. Yeah. Hard. I do that with songwriting. I was trying to write a song boy. I'm in the midst of it. And it's so, oh my gosh, like, ah, cause I, I write lyrics on my phone, you know, mm-hmm. on the notes and I use my phone apps and stuff. And every time there's like, oh wait, let me see. <laughs> yep. Finish a lyric and I'm like, let me see what's going on over here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. You know what I did? Cause um, I was starting to get overwhelmed with social media and it was starting to stress me out a little bit. It, it was yeah. kind of depressing. Cause like every time I opened it, it was like some bad news, something bad happened to somebody. Yeah. And then like, sometimes I would get into arguments with people and I'm like, why am I arguing with strangers? Like, I don't know these people. They're just words on the screen and they get my pressure all up. Like, why am I even talking to them? So I had to take a step back like you know what I ain't talking to these uh dumb ass people I don't even know and I took like a couple of days where I was like you know what I have to go on there to check my messages because sometimes I get booked for comedy shows on there so I'm like I'm gonna go in there check my messages and leave and not go back on for the rest of the day and I did that for a few days and it was probably the most peaceful few days that I've had in a long time so you know what I did I deleted the icons off of my uh homepage on on my phone so when I pull up my phone the first thing I see is not like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter I have to um like do the pull down and search I have to search for the apps to get to them so that lets me yeah because sometimes it becomes second nature like you you go on and you just press it but now that they're not right there it reminds me like hey you shouldn't even be on here like you have to go through the through the motions of searching for the app so like that'll let me know do I really want to get on here do I want to go through all that and then it, it kind of helps because it's like no I'm not doing it I should try that that's a good idea because yeah. if you have to search for it mm-hmm. then you a lot of times you're not going to do that yeah because sometimes you forget me. that you promised right. yourself that you're not going to go on there because you're just so used to doing it but if right. you have to go through a couple of extra steps it'll remind you like you know what why why aren't my icons here oh because I'm not I supposed to be on here I love that yeah I'm- have to do that too because it's (laughs) yeah it's helped me a lot like I still go on social media but I haven't been like sitting on there all day like I was I only started this like four days ago it's like a drug like you have to wean yourself off of it it yeah just go cold turkey you have to go on a little bit but um I have found that I'm pulling back and it's peaceful and I'm being more productive yeah especially especially that a lot of us are at home a lot more you know especially Mm -hmm. the last few years although we've been starting to move out and do things but now we're at this point as we know today uh, but many people are now at home again and that's the thing it's what do you do besides you could you know there's lots of things you can do obviously uh working and especially in the creative world you know there's many things you can do even in my studio i record here it's all you know but getting out of the house a lot of times you know you're not on your social media page especially with people but being at home I think it's just really made it more people Mm -hmm. more leaning on like social media because we're just at home yeah and a lot of people 
are lonely. Like a lot of people live alone or they live with people they don't really like. So they look to social media for somebody to talk to, you know? Yeah, so that's I that's get it. That's yeah. another reason. Yeah. A lot of people do live alone and yeah, they, and you don't want to be around people in real and in, in real life because it's at this point you got to be careful. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so right, the best next best thing is social media. Wow, that's true. Yeah, I think God blessed me with being an introvert <laughs> because it hasn't really <laughs> been hard for me to be away from people because I don't really want to be around people most of the time anyway. Like I, I like people in doses, like especially like I love my friends. So I'll go out and hang out with my friends and I have a wonderful time with them. But then when I'm home not seeing anybody for a while, I'm fine. Like I like being to myself but also I have my mom here and my mom and I are like best friends so it's mm-hmm. easy to not have to be around people because I have my friend here right. with me you know right. so right yeah but it's it's made it easier in the pandemic because I'm like you know I'm just sitting in my room I was doing this before the pandemic I was in the like, house all the time saying? anyway I'm like y'all late I've been doing this <laughs> I heard this quote during the pandemic too on a um on a documentary a woman a woman was talking she was like world traveler and everything she mm-hmm. said something about uh, i'm I, i'm not going to get a correct totally correct but she was trying to say that um some uh something about I'll, I'll paraphrase it like you you have to really be worth her time to be mm-hmm. around her mm-hmm. uh, over her solitude yes and i feel I, that so much that word solitude she said you really have to be an extraordinary, man extraordinary, but just someone whose energy and whose presence really brings something positive and yeah. good because my solitude is the yeah. best. I've been living by that for the past couple of years and it's been great for me. Um, basically, I've just been protecting my peace. You know what I'm saying? So okay. I spend my time communicating and hanging with people who don't take away from my peace. They 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 add something to to my life like they'll make me happy they'll make me glad to talk to them like if I walk away from a person not feeling better than I did before or at least the same then I don't want to talk to them like if I walk away from you and I feel worse than I did before then why do I keep talking to you you know what I'm saying so that's helped me a lot because there have been like a couple of friends that I've had and I've known them for a long time and sometimes when you know people for a long time you get used to them Mm -hmm. and you just hang out with them because that's what you know but a lot of times you're like damn that person gets on my goddamn nerves every time I go away from talking to them I'm like stressed out or I've got anxiety or you know I feel like they've taken some of my energy you know and you have to like Get have the courage to pull yourself away from that situation. Do it in doses. Do it. Yeah. Do it in doses. Yep. Yeah. So once you do it, you're like, wow, I, I feel peace. So I've just been trying to surround myself with people who bring me some kind of joy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Positive. And 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 being around people that have the same moral compass. Yes, that's so important. That's important. <laughs> yeah. That, you can't even have a con a, a two second conversation with somebody that is doesn't have the same moral compass as you you know what I mean that's really that's really really true I feel like I've been blessed though with I've, I've had some really I have some really really great friends who are very similar in personality yeah. and moral compass <laughs> to me so you know I guess birds of a, of a feather you know what I'm saying so <laughs> so You've been singing since you were a child and you were professional like all the way up until now. Have you ever have you ever had like a regular job or have you always been like a singer and actor? Have you ever like worked in an office or worked at a store or something like that? I did. So I I was so uh, after my first 
uh, record deal experience, I got a job at a clothing store as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I worked at a man, I remember big and tall clothing store. And I also waitressed as a, cause I, so I went to the university of Michigan um, for about a year and then got signed to uh, Warner brothers at 19. So from 17 to 19, I worked the, at the clothing store. And at the same time though, I was a, a waitress and then I left the clothing store job because I was going to school. I was just, I wanted to, you know what it was? I had been working so much as a kid in music from mm -hmm. shows to, to signing a deal and recording a lot and traveling everywhere. And just where I felt like, you know, full-time job, which was great. I was very blessed, but I was a kid, you know, I was yeah. around, what, 13, 14. And so then at, I remember, I just wanted to be, I just wanted to understand and feel like what it was like to just be like, regular not i want to say regular yeah, like regular not kid, like an young, everyday person <laughs> yeah no i'll say somewhat because we're all special in our own ways yeah. right or just being a young person at the time a teenager not recording music and having my music career uh be the priority i just wanted mm -hmm. to hang out have fun hang out with my friends which i i did but i didn't do for years yeah um just be normal go to school like you know go to have fun and i got a job you know i, I got was making uh my own money and you know in the clothing store and then doing thing and then at 19 i got an, another deal and that was that so for the two years yes yeah. i did yeah oh okay well you got a little a little bit of, of regular everyday life yeah. experience well you know i was still i was still at the time doing music too but mm -hmm. and it, it's funny because when you have that in you, it, yeah. you try to go like, I, I was like, I just want to be, I just want to be a teen and have fun and hang out and party and, you know, hang out with my friends and just, you know, just not be in the studio, not working, not be on a plane every day. I just wanted mm -hmm. that to see what that was like and maybe just keep going. I didn't know, just be open to whatever, yeah. however I feel. But the mute, the gift, that gift in you is like, hold on, I'll, I'll wait for like two seconds. And then I need to, I need to be the priority. I need to come out. And it just really, that starts to really enrapture you. Like it's, it's interesting because that like every day I started feeling like I needed to create more music more and it just built up and built up. And finally I said, all right, that's it. I got to go back to yeah. full commitment to music. And, and within a year I had a, a new deal. Wow. So, it's good yeah. that you had that though. You know, you can't say that you missed out on anything. You yeah. Had yeah, you had a real you know, childhood. You had a career. You know, it's important too because my parents. That's another thing. My parents were very uh, supportive and very much about me still having a full life. Mm -hmm. So you know that's important. A lot of uh, parents that have children in music or or, or actors or creatives or even sports or inter yeah. entertainment in general. Um, that's important because I didn't have parents that were obsessed or kind of focused so much on like my music career, my mother and father and were very much about, okay, this is what you can, you can go to town and do this, but you got to make sure you get home to play in your game or, mm. you know, it, like made sure that I still, cause I play basketball today. I would go to camp and go to record my mother and father. They were very much about, no, you're not gonna, you're gonna have a full experience. You're not going to just be doing music hundred percent. I love that. You have so, some good parents. That's yeah. kudos to them. Yeah. So that's important. I think it really comes from parenting and your family. Mm -hmm. um, so because of them, I was able to really have a full uh, childhood and teen years, you know? 
Thanks, that Mama Gladys. Yeah, thanks to them. So how did you trans transition from singing to acting? Oh, it's so funny. Uh, today, actually, uh, David Talbert um, hosted the anniversary of my first acting um, opportunity or, mm -hmm. or experience, I'll say, in Love and Nick of Time. That's funny. Just today, he posted. Really? So that was your first acting experience? My first time. Wow. I watched that. That was really good. It was you and Morris Chestnut. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, you know, I never, ever, ever wanted to act. Like, it's never in my mind. I I just felt for many years, being in the music industry, there's opportunities, right? Because it's a it's an entertainment. So yeah. I would always feel like the music in me was very much like, no, I need all of your time. No, you mm. cannot share any of it, you know? <laughs> so, I, have a, I have a personality. No, my, I, I, for my, my singer. But um, um, I, I was so focused and so like, no, music is 100%. Uh, all through my career, um, there were opportunities that would come and I just wasn't open to them. Now, a couple of mm. things I faced, you know, with my management team at the time, you know, so I just see what happens or just try, you know, I was just like, ah, I, I just do music. So I just had this idea that at the time that music was going to be all that I do. And yeah. then, so when I met David, I was literally like, I, I can't, no, it was really such a blessing because not only did I think I could do it, I just didn't, I still had that feeling like music is everything and nothing else could come in and, and take any of the space. Mm -hmm. um, it was just a lot of great, wonderful friends and the beauty of-, of Did it help that you had to sing in it? Yeah. Like, but you're still gonna be singing. Yeah, and no, of course. I mean, that's probably the number one reason why in the end, after so much like, uh, I felt like it was, I was going up an uphill, uh, a steep uphill walk, you know, trying to trying to resist it. But in the end, hey, something if it's meant for you, it's meant for you. Yeah. So David really took a chance on me. I mean, he always says, I just knew you were the right person for it. No experience. I've never. Yeah. Ever what did you do to prepare? Like, did you take any kind of acting class or training Nothing. or anything? They just threw you up there. And, and then, you know, it's funny, like David, you know, fam, I said, I, I remember the first meeting, I said, can I just do like two lines on some, maybe like one little, I can come on stage. And he's, he's like, trust me. He said, just trust me. <laughs> I feel like creatives, writers and directors and producers, when they see something, they know, right? Yeah. They just yeah. know, yeah. even if it sometimes even beyond us. And mm -hmm. um, so it was really, I, what I really realized how I feel like uh, as we started rehearsing, and I was so nervous, but then something in me kind of opened up and it said that that one thing in me said, you know what, this is a story, a life story of a real person. And mm -hmm. all you all you need to do is be you are you just give yourself permission to be David would always say that to me when I was like, what do I do? How do I do this? He's like, give yourself permission to be. It's simple. Just be, be that person. Time. Time is the character. Mm -hmm. Be her. Don't ask questions, just, you know, the world is here, step into the world and be. And that's, mm -hmm. that was the big uh, awakening for me to kind of like, oh, okay. And then when it's action, time to go, you know, the story opens and you are the character and I was time. So that's kind of how the training started. Mm -hmm. You know, the other part of it too is uh, theater. So yeah. such an amazing uh, platform. Um, it's so different, right? Than yeah. television. No, yeah. so different. And uh, it's, it's when you start, like I, we were talking about earlier with music, 
you start it and you going all the way through the story. Yeah, you can't <laughs> cut. Let me do that over on stage. You just do it. If you mess up, you got to keep going. Absolutely. And when you do theater, um, as you know, Brooklyn, the, you know, you do, we do blocking and you know where to go and move. But by the time you do that first show, it's so in your body, you're not even thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like when movies and film where you're getting direction sometimes on the spot, well, mostly, yeah. you know, who hear this here and it's a whole different thing, right? Um, and theater is so, um, is so, I would say, you're you're really uh how you say sharing so raw uh, very raw and real with the audience too yeah. mm -hmm. even though you're not i mean obviously you're they're not in the audience is obviously not in the world but in a sense it's part of that energy and the fuel that inspires you becoming that character in theater so it's such an amazing platform <clears throat> so it's the best training mm -hmm. And since so, then, you've done television and film. So yes. it kind of catapulted you from. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, starting um, doing all those months on the road and, and, and becoming time and playing and working with all these great actors like Morris and Ellie and, and, and the entire cast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you learn every day in theater. It's like the best acting class ever. Yeah. And you're live. You don't get to cut. You know, I got to do that again. No. You're gone yeah. for the next two hours. Yeah, and you get instant feedback from the audience. Instant, instant feedback. It also helps. I feel like uh, this has been another great uh, tool of theater learning. Um, you learn how to, um, you know, because there's, there's in, when we did Love and Nickel Time, we're in a lot, a large, pretty large theater, some, you know, thousands, few thousand people, two, mm -hmm. four, five thousand. And, you know, you, there's noises and things. Yeah. there's somebody's phone or, or something you know of course people try are trying to be as polite as they can but you know you never know um the laughter you know when they're laughing or when they're clapping or just sounds you learn how to uh kind of like focus mm -hmm. really like focus because you got to be able to uh uh go through the store uh, um uh, bring the story to life the entire time and make sure that there's no outside distractions because you're in the world right yeah so that was the best that was one of the best lessons because uh, film and television, you it just has given me that focus because with everything going on in a film set or television set, um, there's so much happening. Yeah. And, and as soon as you sit, you know, you're in your spot or you're in your place and you're getting ready to bring the story to life. It's like, I'm here and I don't yeah. even hear or see anything else. You know? Yeah, I love that. That's so good. So what do you feel like has been your your favorite accomplishment in your career so far? Ah, oh, you know, I would say um, my my proudest, most heart accomplishment was my Listen album. Mm -hmm. um, my Listen album, um, you know, I that was created after the you know my my mentor, my great friend and songwriting partner Sammy passed away unexpectedly, mm -hmm. and. Um, that project came right after literally i was signing that deal uh the weekend that sammy uh transitioned into the spirit world and um so it was such a healing project but it i really wanted to not only heal myself but 
help and support and heal others mm-hmm. and inspire others. So that that album and that whole project to me is really, it was so full of heart and the feedback from so many people, you know, it's like yeah. performing and entertaining is one thing, but being of service yeah. and giving back and bringing love and healing and joy to others in mm-hmm. the deepest way. There's no comparison. That's so true. And those that, are the best types of entertainers who actually want to, yeah. to give joy and happiness Absolutely. to others, not just for the attention, but they're giving something at the same time. Exactly. Um, and so that I was, love that. that was like, that album to me was, I call it my big hug, my, yeah. my, my heart hug to the world. And uh, so that would be my most proudest. Mm-hmm. Project. So what are what are your career career goals right now or your your dreams moving forward? Like what would you like sure. to do now? Um, oh gosh, I definitely want to do a listen to so another um installment of that. Probably mm-hmm. just talking about this recently. Nice. <laughs> and then another, you know, I another thing too, I want to do a, finally another uh soul album. Um and something more rooted uh in my Detroit roots, raw. Mm-hmm. So, and so I'm kind of starting on something. Nice. And, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And then in the, and as an actor, um, I really, and, I, and I'm so blessed and grateful for all the wonderful projects. Um, currently House Divided is out now, um, the new season. Um, you know, more roles that speak to uh, kind of in the same, uh, along the lines of what I do musically. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, you said House Divided is out now. Um, tell everybody where they can watch that. And oh, when. yes. I have to throw that out there. Ahead. Yes. <laughs> so where season four was just released today. Uh, you can see it on All Black platform. Um, it's also on um, WeTV. Um, but All Black is uh, it's an original series. So mm-hmm. we're, we're now uh, season four. So I'm so happy and grateful to have been part of the story for. So- What's your character? Who do you play? I need to watch that. I need something to binge watch. Uh, yes um, my name is Eileen uh, I play Eileen and uh, you gotta check it out it's I'm uh, going I love to check it, it out it's been so much fun um, we're just like big family you know you mm-hmm. can seasons you just like they're your family so um, it's out now so it's one episode a week mm-hmm. uh, it'll be every Thursday on all black and I am excited I'm excited too. congratulations <laughs> Congratulations on that, man. Um, so what advice would you give to someone who wants to become a, a singer and an actor? I would say lead, allow your gifts and your vision to lead the way for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, especially in music, uh, everyone is and and acting too. We allow so much of the outside to influence what it is that we want to do and and our passions and and where we want to go with our careers instead of really listening to ourselves. Right. And um, and I and I did that too. You know, a lot er, uh, in my earlier in my careers, um, just kind of listen to what other people wanted and how they saw me right. and felt like I didn't really have that voice. But when mm-hmm. I found it, I found it within myself and I started really laying out what I wanted to do for myself, what was in my heart, what I right. saw, the visions that I had for myself, instead of allowing the outside to kind of influence that. Okay. So that's what I would say. Follow that's your gifts. Great advice. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break yeah. and we'll be right back after this. What do you represent? Confidence. 
strength, loyalty. Your inner wolf will lead you to greatness. Recognize your potential. Recognize your truth. Brooklyn Bam Sneakers, only available at recognize.com. All right, you guys, we are back with Terry Dexter. This has been such a fun interview. Oh Thank God. you for chatting with me. Thank you, and so enlightening, too. You're all, you know, you're such oh. a world. You're so worldly and so wise. And so Thank cool. you. Also, oh, you. that's so sweet. Yes, yes, and, and hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. We were talking about going dancing after uh, the, the panorama is over. <laughs> Terry's always trying to drag me out dancing. I am the Black person that can't dance. Like, I could do a little two-step, but I'm not really yeah. a dancer. Like, I can't really, really dance. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I'm so shy. I'm so <laughs> socially awkward. Like, it's so funny. Like, people don't get this about me because, like, you know, I'm kind of rough. I'm from Brooklyn. I'm a comedian. Yes. So I get on stage and I'll crack jokes. But... In everyday life, I'm super socially awkward. <laughs> like parties freak me out. I'm such a weirdo. I'm such a weirdo. I'm glad you love me anyway, but I'm such a weirdo. I need to come out of my shell and just dance and have a drink or two. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have fun. We have a lot of fun. We do. We do. Oh my God. I remember one time we went out, you were like, let's go out dancing. And I went out with you. I went out with you and it was like a couple of your friends. And you ran to the dance floor and they ran to the dance floor and I was just sitting there looking dumb and you were like come out and dance and I was like I don't wanna and you were like well here hold my purse I ended up holding everybody ah, you were observing I you know what that's a, that's something too that I feel like it's a good balance because like you observe there's so much I going do. on and you're mm -hmm. you know I came back and you're like I'm just checking you know there's yeah. so much that. I remember that part what was that like before everything I am that person. Like I like to be out. I like to observe. I like to people watch. I'm not big on dancing. Like I, once in a while I'll get out there and dance. Yeah. Um, but most of the time I just like to observe and just like, just hang out and take in the scene. But yeah. I don't know. Some of my friends are like, get out here and dance. And they like grab me and drag me onto the dance floor. And I hate that. Cause I'm like, can I have my kind of fun? Like, I don't come out there and drag you off the dance floor and be like, get over here and sit down with me <laughs> and yeah. talk to me. Like, I yeah. have my own version of fun, you know? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, you know, it's, it's a good blend because um, it's kind of like, it's good to, I feel like, yeah, I love to like, let's, let's dance all night. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I overdo it and over wear myself out. And I love like when we go out and hang, I, you kind of bring me to a middle and yeah. I kind of pull you a little bit more mm -hmm. like, and then you pull me. So it's like, it's just a great, nice blend and a good you know kind of calm but still having fun energy that's what's yeah. amazing you know yeah, that's so yeah. true because I'm I'm like kind of relaxed and chill but I'm also also like mad goofy and I, I joke yeah. around a lot so it's like it's yeah, like a little yeah. balance that's a great balance that's a great balance <laughs> well, thank you thank you because I'm like I, I think sometimes I'm like my friends probably think I'm so damn boring like oh you're you so fun dance? no because uh, we have great conversation we, we laugh do. we have fun it's, we yeah. do yeah. yay that makes me happy <laughs> okay I have a fun question for you okay you ready? Yes. <laughs> what is your most embarrassing moment? Like, what is something <laughs> embarrassing that you want to share and give us? Oh, I got something that's so crazy funny. 
Well, okay, I'll I'll say the big epic embarrassing moment. Okay, and then I'll tell you one. <laughs> okay. Now, and this this happened. I was I I was in San Diego. I couldn't wait to do this a career embarrassing moment, but it is. Um, it was my at the time uh, better than me. It was like number one in San Diego. I could not wait to get to um, to San Diego to finally show my love for the support. Right, mm -hmm. huge music show. Like, and I was one of the you know just I couldn't wait. But the day before, I was in another sand city. Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> So, oh my gosh, so I remember I, there were, uh, you know, big audience, love everywhere. And I was so tired and I was delirious. Um, and they they announced, it, you know, the big beginning and dancers run up and the music starts everybody. And then I used to start my show with uh, uh, singing an Aretha intro and I would add the city I'm in in the song. And it was acapella. And I said, send another city oh no did you get booed and, and the crowd went from and it was thousands the crowd went from mass love lower lower oh. lower and meanwhile i'm singing acapella with my eyes closed so i oh couldn't God. see everybody telling me terry stop you're saying the wrong city because i was like singing and, yeah. and everybody's in front of me but they didn't want to touch me so i didn't go like you know like yeah sound funny how you I, recover from that i said the wrong city they booed oh, me no. thousands because i didn't run i opened my eyes and i'll never forget my uh great my amazing great friend and dancer kim she goes terry she had my face we're backstage and she's like it's san diego <laughs> and i was like you know what i did so let me let me talk about the the recovery okay I, first of all my heart dropped i saw everybody the everybody's just like Oh gosh, the whole crowd is booed. They like, I can't, you can't even say the city. So I get on stage, do the first song, and then I stop before the second. I said, stop. And everybody, I said, and I told, and I'll never forget, I said, you know what? I just started saying, I am so ridiculously stunned. And I made, I said all kinds of stuff. I said, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. I can't even believe this. Y'all have been so amazing to me. And I'm just an idiot. You know, I just start, yeah, uh, yeah. The, you know telling them how crazy I was and I was like oh, I'm so sorry and and just apologize and because of that I'm gonna sing straight away like I never did before and I sang myself so so hard on that song around. and by the time I ended it they were clapping oh yeah that they understand if, yeah, if you, the, if like, the next day the newspaper the next day talked ooh, about it yes but they talked about for nothing yeah, you're trying to forget it. about it they're gonna go publish yeah. it come on news but I, i'll edit and say i had dreams about that night for so long after though I when did. you're laying down at night thinking about all the dumb stuff you did that's like the thing that pops up to the top i mean i had nightmares i would, I would relive it in dreams because there's, it's like the worst nightmare for a singer. Like you, mm -hmm. you say the wrong city, and the entire crowd just like get out. Oh, that's awful. I, I was get it though. Most embarrassing. <laughs> that's horrible. But the good thing about it is, like an audience is, is pretty understanding if you just yeah. go heart to heart with them and just Absolutely. keep it real. You know I what I'm saying? Don't try to play it off. Yep, I didn't keep singing. Like I'm just gonna, and I, I just, I made a laugh. I just said I'm so crazy, and yeah. I didn't give them no excuse. I wasn't like I, I was so tired. I didn't. No, yeah. I'm ridiculous. I should know the name of the city. Y'all have been the most amazing support, and I even said that. And I said, 
I don't have no freaking excuse. I said, oh, you know, I said certain ways I can't say here. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, and I and I, you know, one thing I never forget, I heard a voice from the front, and 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 I, it's and I can hear it was one little voice that pierced through that said, We still love you. Oh, <laughs> see, that's the one you need. That's the the one that that'll keep you going. You just yeah. need that one person that you know what I'm singing this song to you. Yeah, so what's your moment? I love, oh my God, I'm such a dork. I have so many embarrassing <laughs> moments. I got to go through the Rolodex because I am, oh, I have so many embarrassing moments. Um, Let me think. One that comes to mind was I had a job. Uh, I'm not as fancy as you where I could just entertain all my life. I've had a lot of regular ass jobs. And I had this job uh, working at like a graphic design agency as a project manager. And it was my very first day. And all the people were so nice. They were like, oh, you know, come, come have lunch with us. And I'm like, okay. So we go out to have lunch and we go down the elevator and the, the lobby, the whole front is glass. So my new work friends decide that they're going to go through the revolving doors. But I decided I'm just going to go through the regular door. Girl, I walked through that door and it was not a door. It was a <laughs> window. <laughs> boom. I boom walked right into the damn window. It made such a loud sound. It shook the whole building. My friends turned around like, what was that? And they saw me pressed up against the glass. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Oh, man. And then I, I came out of revolving doors. Huh? I can see it before you finish the whole story. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just awkward. I'm a, a dork. I walk <laughs> in the walls. I fall as tall as I am. You know, I'm tall. I'm five, nine, okay. just big as hell. I'll be falling. Cow. Statuous. 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 Thank right. you. But I'd be toppling over like, some, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so awkward sometimes, but you know, I've learned to embrace it. It is what it is. I am what I am. That's why I related so much to Issa Rae. Before she came out with um, Insecure, she had a show on YouTube called, I think it was called like the Diaries of an Awkward Black Girl or the Misadventures of okay. an Awkward Black Girl or something like that. Yeah. For short, we called it Awkward Black Girl. And it was just about her being like a black girl in the world and just being awkward as hell and just like all kinds of embarrassing things happen to her. And I just related to that character so much because I'm just so awkward. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what to do with my hands. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just so awkward. But hey, to know me is to love me, right? Yes. But yes. I've learned how not to even be too embarrassed because I, I let people know up front, like, look, I'm an awkward person. I might do or say something stupid, especially like if I'm nervous, Yeah, I say stupid things when I'm nervous. <laughs> oh my God. I have a story for you. This is another embarrassing moment. So, um, you know, Flex is like a big brother to me, Flex Alexander. And, yeah. um, Eddie Murphy invited him to his house for a boxing party. Like he had this big party at his house. And I was, it was before I lived in Los Angeles, I was just visiting and Flex was like, yo, he calls me gutter. Yo, gutter. I'm gonna take you to this party with me. We're going to go to Eddie Murphy's house. And I'm like, oh, word. So it was like me, him, Shanice, Ruba. We all went to Eddie Murphy's house. I was like, oh, I'm fancy. I'm at Eddie Murphy's house. And I love scary spice, you know, Mel B. I yeah. just love her. Yeah. And she was there. And I was like, oh, uh... this is over there. So I kind of wanted to talk to her, but I was kind of scared. I was like, I don't know if I should approach her. And then um, maybe like an hour later, I saw Ruba talking to her. And I was like, now's my chance. Someone I know is over there talking to her. So oh, I okay. just like ease in and be like, hey, how you doing? I'm Brooklyn, you know, like smooth. But I'm not a smooth person. I'm a, a freaking 
dork <laughs> and um when i was younger my mom knew i loved the spice girls and you remember they had the spice girls barbie dolls came out my mom got me the mel b spice doll barbie spice right. girl barbie doll that i had it for like years and i i was like trying to think what am i gonna say when i go over there to break the ice i'll say hello how are you doing i'm brooklyn you know i was like going through all this in my head right. how i was gonna break the ice and when i got over there i got so nervous all i did was say i have a doll of you uh, oh said, okay and walked away but your energy she i like feel like she probably, your energy says a lot you know no matter what you act say you know it, thank it, you even though that's a compliment i, I have think it threw her off because she probably wasn't thinking about the barbie doll she probably thought i made some kind of voodoo doll or some shit because i was so nervous i was like i have a doll of you she was like uh okay <laughs> and Ruben was like what the hell is wrong with you i was like i don't know i got nervous <laughs> i don't know what to do he's like now nah, she ain't gonna want to talk to me right. oh it was such a mess but i redeemed myself because um you know, I work in entertainment. So I was working uh, at Hip Hop Squares and she was actually on um, a few episodes of it. And I saw her at Hip Hop Squares and I talked okay. to her and I was like, I have a funny story to tell you. And I told her that story and we both cracked up. She was like, she seems cool too. Hilarious. Yeah, she's very cool. But yeah, you guys, I, I'm awkward sometimes. So if I ever meet you and I seem a little nervous, don't hold it against me <laughs> if I say something stupid. <laughs> I say the stupidest stuff when I'm nervous. No, you don't. Yeah. I love you, Terry. You're so encouraging. You're like, no, you're statuesque and smart. You don't say dumb things. Girl, you're the kind of friend everybody needs. <laughs> you are. Oh, thank you, mama. But you are, okay? Oh, thank you. Okay, I have two more fun questions for you, and then we're going to okay. roll out. All right. What is a talent or ability that you have that's maybe weird or strange that people don't know that you know how to do? Do you have something like that? A talent or ability. You know, um, it's not strange, but I have, and I, I, I feel like it's a, it's a kind of a interesting, like little, I call it my little superpower. Mm -hmm. I have a reflex that is undescribable. Really? Like, I can, nothing falls around me. Nothing gets too fast by me. I I'm not that. quite, it's, and, and some people, well, my family and friends, you know, now you know this too, but mm -hmm. you'll, eventually you'll see it. I mean, nothing fall. I have this weird, I, it's not weird. It's an ex, it's an extraordinary reflex. I love that. Yeah. It's a gift. And I was a, you know, I played softball um, and no ball. I mean, I was, I would catch uh, fastballs like nothing. It was like, wow, yeah. that's amazing. It was, like, it was like a superpower, right? But ever since I was a kid, anything fall, you know, you open something and fall, I'm just. You catch it. Oh, I love that. So weird. I mean, not weird, but there's, I mean, even now yeah. happens, I'm like, dang. I that's amazing. I didn't even see the thing come. It's like, I don't even see it. It's just. Yeah. You feel it. Oh, I love that. That's so amazing. You're like a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Your superhero name be. <laughs> the Dexter. Okay. Okay. I know that's right. Okay. Last question. What is your favorite struggle meal? Like, I don't know if you've ever struggled or whatever, but everybody has a meal that like, if they haven't gone food shopping, there's no food in the house or they don't have no money, but this little cheap meal that only costs like $5 is bomb. I'll tell you one of my favorite struggle meals. One of my favorite struggle meals, believe it or not, is buttered noodles. <laughs> if you just take some like spaghetti noodles and boil them and then just put some butter on them and salt, it's the bomb. And that, that meal probably costs you 
two dollars. It's it's good. You're right. Noodles, butter, and salt. And salt. Yeah. That's all you need. You don't need no spaghetti sauce. You don't need no meat. Nothing. <laughs> right. Just some butter. You ain't got no butter. You put some it's margarine. It fills you up. Yes, and um, it'll fill you up, and it's cheap. You can feed your whole family with some butter, some noodles, and some salt. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Oh, I do have one. I do. Is okay. ketchup and rice. You know, I've heard that before. I've never had it, but I've heard people say that they they just eat. So so you'll just have like ketchup and rice. There there'll be no meat product that touched the rice think, first. Just ketchup just, and rice. I'll just make the rice, and then add ketchup, and that's it, and eat it. Do you put salt and pepper on it? Nothing. Okay, I'm gonna do that for eat it or beat it. You guys know I have a I have a oh, show wow. called Eat It or Beat It where I try I weird foods. And a lot I'm of gonna that do stuff good, huh? A lot of the stuff you do, I watch it and I'm, I'm <laughs> like, okay, it's good. But I want to say this really quick: the the way that I started eating like that is only because you know when you have food uh, with rice and there might be like you're putting ketchup on maybe. Mm-hmm some kind of meat or meatloaf or maybe a ham, well, I don't, you know, whatever's with yeah. rice that you might put ketchup on. Yeah. As a kid, it started bleeding onto the rice. Oh. And I, and like, I that's kind of good. Started moving the ketchup over to the rice. And eventually I was like, I'm just going to make it just rice and ketchup. Yeah, I get that because I used to think that ketchup on eggs was disgusting. I was like, who puts ketchup on eggs? That sounds nasty. Yeah. And um, one day I was eating um, breakfast and I had the eggs on the same plate as the home fries. And I put ketchup on the home fries and they touched the egg and I tasted the egg on the ketchup I mean the ketchup on the egg and I was like yeah that's actually good like it, yeah. it I don't know it makes it pop some kind of way so then I started putting ketchup on my eggs so I get it like some combinations sound nasty but then when you try it it's kind of good but I'm gonna yeah. do that for eater to be I'm gonna have an eater to beat it segment from this podcast where I try the guest struggle meals maybe oh. I'll put that on patreon Yes. <laughs> yeah. That'll be like the special Patreon edition if you want to see my uh eater to beat it from the podcast. Love it. That's what we're gonna do. Yes. Oh my God. I've had so much fun talking to you, Terry. Thank you so much Thank for doing you. this. Thank you so much, Brooklyn. I miss you. I miss you and too. Happy New Year 2022. Can you believe it? Oh my God. It's yeah. been crazy. It's been a roller coaster, but you know what? We're going to make it through and we're going to see each other and we're going to give each other big hugs and uh, we're going to go dance or you'll dance Absolutely. and I'll hold dance. your purse. The violin and the guitar. Don't forget. Yes, the violin and the guitar. I, look, we got a year to get this song together. And then yes. we're going to come back on here and we're going to play the song for y'all. Yes. Thank you for having me. I love you. Thank I'm you. Cool. I love you too. Thank I'll you. see you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. So Bye-bye. Make sure you guys follow Terry Dexter on Instagram at Terry Dexter. And don't forget to watch her show, A House Divided on the All Black Network. Started out with nothing. That's why I call my cash flow Benjamin Buttons. Cause my dollar bills might be wrinkled and small. But when they grow up, smooth out and get tall. You could call me new money. But I really gotta hold on it. I'ma keep my bread till it starts growing mold on it. And stack it up like Lego. You're the fourth with it. Go inside and show you how my voice echoes.